Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Luna the Podcast. My name is Carolina Salazar, also known as the Carolina Lifestyle on TikTok and Instagram. My goal with this podcast is to demystify modern spirituality, talk about all things holistic health and wellness, and to also empower you to show up as your best and highest self. Thank you so much for being here. I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luna the Podcast. And if you're new, welcome. I'm so happy you're tuning in today. As you guys have probably been able to tell, I've been doing two episodes a week. So guest episodes on Mondays and solo episodes on Thursdays. And I've honestly been really, really loving doing that because it's helped me be more consistent with the podcast. It's helped me meet amazing people and at the same time be able to express myself and what's been coming up for me that week. So Overall, just feeling super proud of the podcast coming together like this, just feeling super grateful for meeting with such amazing people, both people that I already know and new people. So just such good growth. And thank you to you for tuning in today. I hope you love this episode. You're in for another really awesome guest one. I sat down with Arabella. She is also known as the Arabella Solution on Instagram. And Arabella actually reached out to me and we started chatting on DMs. She is from London but lives in New York and she's a naturopath. She's also a nutritional therapist and a yoga teacher. And her and I just share so many similar life philosophies and she's empowering so many women to take ownership of their health. She was told she had an incurable illness when she was 20 and she's now 25 has basically gone through a full body healing experience and she's now helping other women do the same through essentially looking at everything in their lives, their body, their mind, their soul, their relationships, their sex life, their relationship to money, everything. And I think that's so magical, so amazing. She's truly a goddess in human form and it was so cute before we started recording. Her puppy came on screen, so cute. And the conversation just flowed so much. We talked about a lot of things we got to hear I got to hear I got to hear her story how she like came from the incurable illness to now her life philosophy her philosophy about healing I also got to hear a lot about her experience with naturopathic medicine the difference between being a naturopath and a nutritional therapist she talks a lot about hormonal health as well so for those of you who've been enjoying the episodes with the hormone specialists like maddie miles and my other friend morgan at the smiling gut we touched on similar topics as well to that and just got to hear about her and she's truly a joy she is a libra and she's such a libra queen i'm obsessed and i'm so grateful that i got to meet her through the podcast and really excited to also get to know her more in person since we're both in New York. So with all of that said, you can clearly tell that I'm obsessed with her and I loved this conversation. I think you're also going to really enjoy it and leave feeling very nurtured and seen and hopefully understood as well because she gave a lot of really good tips to those of you guys who are listening. And if you did enjoy the episode, definitely let us both know. And with that said... I'm going to get started with the guest episode, and I'll see you on the other side. I hope you love it. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So excited you're here. The first question that I always ask my guests is, what's your sun, moon, and rising in astrology? Yeah, love it. so absolutely I do. Um, so I am a Libra sun. 
Um, but I'm a Leo rising and then I have a Capricorn moon. So I'm like, I'm always like walking to the place. I always want like a bougie outfit on, but then I have this like kind of Capricorn kind of emotional work driven kind of side to me. So it's really interesting to me. Wow. I love that. And you have the balance of like the air, the fire, the earth, like you have a little bit of all of the elements, which is really cool. I love Leo rising. It's just like Leo energy is always unmatched. <laughs> <laughs> I think for years, I really, um, especially when I got into what I do, which I guess we'll speak about, but, you know, I got into like wellness and I was, I was a yoga teacher initially. And then I got into nutrition and naturopathic medicine. And I felt like I had to be this like official wellness person who dressed a certain way and looked a certain way. And like this Leo rising inside me was like, no, I want to be bougie. And I was like, no, you can't (laughs) be bougie because you need to like go and meditate and, you know, wear cotton. And I still have that part of me, but I think it was a really beautiful awakening when I learned my, like all my different signs of just like, we are all who we are. Right. And we get to be all parts and versions of ourselves. Like you don't have to just be this, you can be all of the things that you are. And it was, yeah, a really beautiful moment for me. That's so beautiful. And that's also like your Libra rising, like the fashion, the aesthetics, like so cool. Love that. And could you also share a little bit about you, a little bit about how you started doing what you do and just your story with healing and how you serve other people? Yeah, that's a loaded question. It's a big one. Um, But like just the real like grief, I basically um, was like grew up very normally, like not in a spiritual family by any means. Um, And I was diagnosed with an incurable illness when I was 20 years old. And I basically ended up going on a healing journey because I was told I was infertile. I had PCOS, IBS, anxiety, depression, candida overgrowth, um, just looked bloated and stuff all the time. I had severe acne, like just was having a really bad time with my mental and physical health. And I was told there was no cure. And so I remember being like, I don't want to live my life like this. So I'm just going to try and figure out a way. I actually was looking to manage my symptoms. I wasn't going on a journey to heal myself because mm-hmm. when it happened, Instagram wasn't really what it is. When I had Instagram, when I was diagnosed, it was when people were just posting bikini pictures. No one was talking about anything online to do with wellness. And yeah. so I felt very alone, you know? And I think we talk about social media in such a bad way all the time. I think it's so beautiful because the communities that I see and the people being able to share who they are and what they, what they're going through, it's just so incredible. Um, And yeah, that's really the start of how I ended up healing myself. And I decided to study what I was doing. Um, I accidentally went to go and see someone that was called a naturopath. And I was like, I don't know what you are or what you do, but can you help me? (laughs) Um, And then I I fell in love with her and I fell in love with it. And I became a naturopath and a nutritional therapist and a yoga teacher. And I helped heal my own body, changed my entire life, accidentally completely changed my mental health and everything else to do with my life, you know, while I was healing my physical body. And yeah, that's how I created the Arabella solution because when I was going through my healing journey, I basically, and probably a lot of people listening will resonate with this. I didn't really feel like anyone was there to um, navigate with me how to heal. Right. And I felt like I had to go and explain my story to this doctor, that person, this person. And I felt very um, alone and not really seen or heard. And so when I was going through my healing journey, you know, I'd go see a nutritionist and then I'd go see a yoga teacher and then I'd be off to therapy. And it was like, I wanted one space where I could go and do all the things and just ask one person about it. And so I never had that. And so I created the Arabella solution, um, which is that I created it for a past version of myself, you know, that really needed that. And I knew it was needed in the world. And so the Arabella solution is, is physical, mental, spiritual, emotional healing. And it's all things. It's not just nutrition and healing your physical body and cellular structures and, you know, body systems. It's also mental health, anxiety, you know, it's sex, it's money, it's manifestation, it's trauma, family. And it's oh, yes. <laughs> yes. You know, because it's also linked. And I think that throughout my whole healing journey, I realized there are so many links here. Um, and we get to look at the individual as a whole person, not just as a mechanical machine where this part's not working. So I'm going to put this in or replace it, right? We're spiritual physical beings. And I think that everyone deserves to be treated that way. Yes. Wow. That's beautiful. And I love that you gave like a good overview of everything because it really is such a struggle for so many people. I'm even kind of going through that myself right now where I 
have all these questions about my own health and I feel like I know a lot, but I don't have necessarily like the specifications of the certifications that I can do to know the answers to like specific questions, such as like hormonal health questions or just like gut health questions. So can you explain to me the difference between like a naturopathic certification and then the nutritional therapist certification? Yeah, I would love to. That's such a good question. So a uh, naturopath is more focused on like the fundamentals of healing. So that's when we're looking at more kind of holistic health. So we're looking at like, okay, we need sun, like we're complicated plants, right? We need sun, we need water, we need nutrients. Um, you know, we need uh, to move our energy. So we need to move our chi. And so in my naturopath qualification, I studied Chinese medicine, herbal medicine, iridology, homeopathy. So it's really more like um, a holistic view and viewing the body as an energetic being. And it's like the foundations of healing. So you could give like a naturopathic plan to almost anyone, you know, like it would really um, benefit a lot of people. Whereas nutritional therapy, is much more about Western medicine. So naturopathy is more kind of Eastern medicine stuff. Western medicine is more kind of nutritional therapy. It's more about like your cellular function, the neurotransmitters in your, like in your brain, right? Like it's really just about cellular functions and structures. And so it's much more about like that kind of sciency biochemical pathway kind of things. And that's more kind of the way Western medicine works, right? So in nutritional therapy, okay, you don't have this, so we'll put a supplement in. And again, it's, it's even like a holistic nutritional therapist. There's still like an element of like, okay, well, you're a machine because if it, this isn't there, we'll just pop that in, um, you know? And when I finished my qualification, like, you know, just because someone's a nutritionist, and this is an important, important point, just because someone's a nutritionist does not mean they're the person for you or that they're going to be good at their job in the way that you want them to be. The people that I qualified with, the clinics, if you came to all of our clinic, different like different. I found myself really talking about like self-love and things when I was in my student clinics, but I would see other people being like, okay, we're going to cut out all gluten, all dairy. We're not going to have any of this. We're going to put you on a restrictive diet, heal your body, you know, like tough love. And so it's really important for me to like send this message through that if someone's not working for you, if you don't feel you vibe with them, find someone else, because just because someone has one qualification does not mean that they're the same as another person with the same one. That's so important. I recently worked with like a health coach doctor person. And it's so funny you mentioned a supplementation situation because that's exactly what happened. Like I did this hair test and it came through that my body was missing like iodine and amino acids. And I was just given a list of supplements to buy and told like, okay, eat this, cut out these foods and that's it. But I know there's so much more and it's about the lifestyle more than anything. It's how everything ties together. And thank you for explaining also the difference between the two. I think that's so beautiful and complimentary as well. So it's really cool that you have both of those. Can you dive into the lifestyle changes that you made along your healing journey and just kind of how you went about going from thinking you were just going to manage your symptoms to full on full body healing? Yeah, I would love to. Um, my mind came back through the thing I wanted to mention. So I'll, I'll say that first and I'll answer the question. The way you were describing, like, you know, I know this is good for my body. And I know this bit of information, but it just doesn't all link together. The way I describe it to my clients is like, if you learn to drive before you do, you know where roads are, right? You're like, that road's there, that road's there. When you learn to drive, they all link together. And it's like, oh, like that back road goes to that back road. And like, oh, I can cut through here. And so if you're, you know, you know a lot about health, don't feel bad about yourself, that it doesn't all link together. I studied for four years full time. At the end of the four years, it linked together <laughs> because there was like all <laughs> part. And then suddenly at the end, it was like, oh, that makes sense because that goes to there and then that does that. It's almost like you need to be able to understand the full roadmap. And that can be difficult, you know, when you haven't had the training in it. So I hope that helps. Yes, so true. Yeah. So true. And the question, what was the question you asked me? How did you go from thinking you were just going to manage the symptoms of your quote unquote uncurable illness <laughs> to now just like, body right, we're back, out? we're back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, I started studying nutritional therapy and I was like eating all the kale and doing all the things and drinking the green juice, but I was in an abusive relationship with someone that had a lot of trauma and I had a lot of trauma and it was definitely a trauma bond and I had no like 
hate in my heart left for that you know I really see why the things happened that it did and I'm I'm glad they happened now the way they did like I'm really grateful for the whole experience um but obviously at the time it wasn't didn't feel like that and I remember being like I'm not healing you know like I'm eating the kale and and my body was changing I was noticing shifts but I was like I feel like there's something missing you know like I feel like life should be better than this and I really hated myself I used to look in the mirror tear myself apart I had very low self-worth, which is why I was still in the situation I was in. You know, my dad passed away when I was younger. He took his own life. And I had a lot of unprocessed emotions from that. And I never really even sat down with someone to talk about it. And so I was like, um, I'm supposed to heal more things than just the nutrition. And I didn't really know what I was doing at the time, but it all came to a head. I ended up going through something quite traumatic and... I had to, I mean, I'll just share it, like, screw it. I went through an abortion. I think I was 20 years old. And, you know, I'm just, I'm sharing that. No, it's not overshare, but just because, like, I think we need to fucking normalize, especially everything that's been going on recently. So yes. Like, and, like, it's okay. So many women go through this. And if you've been through it or you know someone that has, like, we need support and love when we go through these things. And it's not your truth. Sure. At the end of the day, it's part of your story. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that was a very emotional time. And I, I was told I was infertile when I was 20. So when I then had this situation, but I was in an abusive relationship, I was like, oh, God, this is not my story. This can't be it. And, like, should, should I keep it because of this? And it, it was really... Um, a very emotional process for me and I was very alone at the time I felt super alone and didn't have like you know a community around me that like I felt very supported by you know I had great friends and family but I didn't I felt very misunderstood by a lot of people and even myself to be honest with you and I accidentally went to go and see someone who was a healer basically we we're going to do a collaboration on Instagram that was the thing we were going to do a collaboration and then this whole thing went down and I dm'd her and I was like I think you do these like healing sessions right like can I come over <laughs> I, I'm super spiritual and I do healing sessions myself but I just want everyone to know like you know I was not born this way I did not grow up this way like anyone can get into this and change their life and um yeah I went to go see her and she just held space for me and I just cried and I was like oh this is really nice you know like someone's just being like hey I'm here for you and yeah. she then pulled cards, like pulled cards for me. It's my first ever experience with that. And I felt this huge weight lift off me afterwards. And she actually said me too with, with what I was talking about. It was really a beautiful experience. And it was the first time I felt spiritually held. And my dad came through in the meditation and gave me like a hug. And it was like my first spiritual experience where I was like, whoa, like there's something else out there that I didn't know about. I grew up super atheist. And I felt like my physical dad, like he hugged me, but he's not here. So it was very like, I was in disbelief about the whole experience and obviously just very overwhelmed. And that was really the start of like, there is so much more out there that I don't know and so much more healing I have to do. And I realized, wow, like as soon after I went through that and I started getting into like spirituality and healing work, my whole life changed. And I felt light and like good for the first time. And I realized it's not just about the kale and the green juice, you know, it's also about our mind and our past and our traumas and what we go through as humans and also community, right? Being held and seen by other people that understand you or have been through a similar journey or are just willing to hold you in yours while you hold, while you hold them in theirs, you know? I'm fully crying. <laughs> Like I have water in my eyes. Like that's so vulnerable and so beautiful. And I feel very seen in your story as well in the sense of when spirituality came into my life as well, that's when I felt like the true healing happened for me mm -hmm. in so many ways, especially in my relationship to my body and my health and exercise and my mind, everything kind of goes together. And it usually kind of comes all together too when you're ready for that full level of healing. So I love that that's a part of your story. And that's so beautiful that your dad came through in that way, in that moment, and that you felt his presence too, you know, because it's a really powerful way of connecting to your loved ones who like aren't on the physical plane anymore, but they're still near you in their spirit. Yeah, I have goosebumps. That's beautiful. It really is. And it's just, you know, I think a lot of people um, were like in disbelief about, you know, healers and spirituality and like, 
you know what, like recently I was spending time with someone from my past, you know, that came to New York, I'm from, I'm from England, and came to New York um, and was talking about how it was really like laughing about the fact that I believed in God and was like, we just die and go into the earth. And I was like, if that's your belief, like that's so okay, you know, but this is my belief. Like I've seen a different path. And this person was just laughing at me in disbelief. Like that's not, that's not science though. I thought you were a scientist. And babe, I, <laughs> I was like, you know what I felt? I felt, wow, I'm really sad for you that that's the way you see the world. Because once you open yourself up to spirituality, there's so much more beauty available to you, right? So much more connection, so much more love, so much more pleasure. Like you can walk out the door and like look at the flower and be like, that is so beautiful. <laughs> I love nature. Yeah. Whereas before, like you're just moving through life, you know, and you're just like waking up, drinking coffee, getting in the car, angry because there's traffic. Then you're late and you're pissed off. And this person said this, this person did that. And it, it just like, it was the way that I saw all the people living from my town. And I found this different way and was like, this is so much nicer. Wow, I'm going to do this. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and it's... It's interesting too when we run into people from our past or people who have the beliefs that we used to and energetically and beliefs wise you're not necessarily in the same path anymore and I feel like that also really allows you to just see your own growth so really interesting how that happened and I would love to hear a little bit more about what spirituality means to you and how it's a part of your like life and your day-to-day so I have used spirituality and I work with a lot of clients that aren't super spiritual and they'll come to me, you know, for, um, I work with a lot of clients like incurable illnesses or conditions. And I'm kind of the person that people come to when they've been to the doctors and the doctors are like, there's no cure or your, your blood levels are normal. So you're fine. But this person's like, I feel like crap every day. Um, so I tend to get those kind of people that have been shunned away from doctor's offices and things like that. So they're not always necessarily spiritual by any means. Um, and so I like to use the word spirituality and connection kind of synergistically so I kind of view them as the same thing I think spirituality is just another word for connection it's a way to connect to something more something greater um and I think spirituality going into that deeper connection allows you to see the world differently and the beautiful thing about that is it allows you to the grace to see yourself differently right so I remember um I was doing my yoga training and we were talking about a lot of Buddhist concepts, you know, and that was really my kind of into spirituality in a way as well. And I was learning about, you know, the, the, the yamas and the niyamas, which is like in yoga, it's almost like um, the Bible, almost for yoga. It's like ways to live. It's like do no harm, like, you know, meet people with love. And I was like, this seems like a really nice way to live. And, you know, spirituality to me is really just a connection to that, to that way of being, to peace in a way. There's a Buddhist proverb that says, suffering equals pain times resistance. So I'll repeat that. Mm -hmm. So pain is inevitable, right? We have pain. We absolutely, it's inevitable. There's nothing we can do about that. But pain times resistance to the pain is what creates the suffering. I remember seeing a Buddhist monk set himself on fire. And I don't remember the exact story, but he was sat in a meditative position and he set himself on fire. And he was obviously trying to prove some point or do it for some reason. I, I feel bad. I don't know the answer. It was years ago I saw this. But I remember Googling, how do you sit in pain on fire in a meditative position? Because I was thinking, like, if, if I could figure out how to do that, like, you know, <laughs> get through, you know, whatever I'm getting through today in life. And so I started looking it up and I found this proverb. And so in Buddhism, they believe that suffering is optional, right? Pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. And I kind of came up with this um, equation myself as well. So think about it and you can write this down as well on your notes if you want to be more visual. So suffering equals pain times resistance. If we replace the resistance with acceptance, we then have peace, right? So pain plus acceptance equals peace. And I think... It's a beautiful way to look at life because yes, I'm a nutritionist, but hey, if I give you a diet plan <laughs> to heal your body, but you're going through extreme emotional pain and grief or something you know traumatic has happened to you and you're resisting it and you're suffering every day, your life is going to feel really crap still. So even if you are eating the kale and drinking the green juice, which, you know, no shade to the kale. <laughs> well, there's a lot that's come out like kale recently, I don't know, but 
you know, my point is, is like, yes, that's really important. It's not that that's not. And that is the foundation of what I do. But spirituality allowed me to um, help people go even deeper into their healing and actually change their whole life, including their relationships and including their career paths, because you're then looking at the whole person and their connection to themselves and the world. Yeah. Wow. I love that equation that you created and like how you substitute resistance with acceptance because truly I think the best emotional state to be in is in a peaceful state like at peace at ease because when you are at peace you're not necessarily in this like super high of like extreme joy extreme happiness or like extreme lows suffering and pain and grief and like all these very intense emotions like peace is the neutral it's where you can maintain it you can't maintain the highs and the lows, but you can maintain a baseline. So That's I love that. You know what I should say as well is like, let's not get this twisted. We're not these like wellness people speaking on the podcast, like just peace, like just, you know, whatever happens <laughs> in life, feel peace. Like it's not easy. It's not easy trying to tap into It's not, you know, trying to remove away from resistance, but a way that you can move from resistance to acceptance is surrender. And again, yes. not always easy, but surrender. And that's, again, like very much dropping into the feminine energy, you know, whatever gender you are, you can drop into that feminine energy, dropping back, surrendering. And that's almost the piece the way I just was, it, it was described to me one time was like, just give up, like, you know, like shoulders down, whatever, just give up. And not in like a disempowering way, in a very empowering way, like give I'm it up anymore. Like just, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Take it away and- universe. <laughs> yeah and I always I always say to my friends and to people on podcasts like when you want to change your life you first have to accept where you're at like you have to accept the truth of what's currently going on to realize what you want to change what you can change and accepting that Mm -hmm. some of it is out of your control and some of it is in your control and there's a lot that you can do for yourself but the first step is just accepting yeah that's beautiful um, I love that. Something that really came through like super strong then. I was like, we need to talk about this. I don't know why, but I feel like someone listening like just needs this message. Um, but bringing this kind of full circle. So we have like, you know, nutrition, then we have kind of spirituality. Then, uh, you know, another third kind of piece of it, a really big, important one is the way we view ourselves, you know, self-love, self-worth. And I think that our connection to ourselves is one of the most important things, right? It absolutely is. And we are in this like, fitness weight loss paradigm right and I know that we you've seen me talk about this on my stories recently um Mm -hmm. huge thing right like everyone's like I want to lose weight I want to do this and so they're just kind of starving themselves in these cycles but the way that I see it is like your relationship with yourself is one of the most important things like if I could give you one takeaway and tip it wouldn't even be a nutrition tip I mean I, I got loads of those as well but my number one tip would really just be to find that peace and acceptance with yourself, right? So you know how we're talking about acceptance. One of my main affirmations I give to my clients is go to the mirror, put a sticky note on it. And I've been through this experience myself back in the day and write on it, I accept myself as I am right now, right? And that doesn't mean you don't wanna change things, but it means I accept who I am in this moment. And when I did that, I hated myself. I, the first like 10 days of doing that were just a lie. I used to stand in the, in the mirror naked and do it. And my, everything in my being was like, no, no, but that's a lie. Like, look at your arms. Look at this. Look at that. I had a real big thing about my arms. You know, <laughs> look at this, pointing out my flaws. I think everyone has their thing, right? That it goes mm-hmm. to the mirror and you notice. And I kept doing it. 28 days later, I swear to you, it's like my arms are trunk, but they haven't changed at all. I was looking at myself and actually, I'd not just accepted myself, but I started to actually love what I saw. And I think that's a really important point. And this is why I wanted to bring it up is that we talk about self-love and we hear people talking about self-love. But when you're in a body that you feel like you hate, that can feel really out of reach and really difficult. And so a really beautiful step, if you can't quite get there yet, and you will get there, I believe you will. I like believe in yourself that you will and you can, but a beautiful step is just the acceptance. Again, it's really difficult to love what you can't accept, right? Yeah. At least accept who you are right now, knowing you still want to change, but like, this is where I'm at and this is what I'm 
comes full circle with what you were saying, like accepting your reality right now. Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's super powerful during quarantine when I was going through my healing journey. That was something that I did. I used to have all my sticky notes on my mirror and right after my shower when I was naked was when I used to say my affirmations. And I think that's a really powerful moment to do it because you're like completely bare and you have to just like really accept what you're seeing. So that's really powerful. And I think it's also a lot about accepting where you're at right now, as you were saying, like where you are in this point. Yeah, because a lot of times, because a lot of the times what like this weight loss culture and just like our overall media and world says is like, once you lose a 10 pounds, once you get skinnier, once you get leaner, once you la la la, get that relationship, get that apartment, that's when you'll be happy. But if you haven't practiced being accepting and loving and grateful for right now, when you get to that point, you're going to still focus on what's missing. Absolutely. And like, it will just never be enough. Yeah. We see this in people, you know, like when they say money doesn't buy happiness, I mean, in many ways, you know, we can say it does, but the part where it doesn't is because people can feel, get trapped in this cycle of like, I'll be happy when, and it's just never enough. Like that not enoughness. I I could totally get it. I felt it myself so many times, but this morning, actually, I, I was, I was almost crying actually before this podcast recording. So I went on my Instagram and I had like a seven years ago today message. And it was like a post I made seven years ago. And seven years ago, I was, I just want to cry thinking about it. I was living in Ibiza. I was 18 years old, living in Ibiza, which for those of you who don't know, is like a place in Spain. It's like the party drug capital. Um, I was living there. I was doing drugs like probably five nights a week, drinking alcohol consistently, like eating a piece of bread in a day, maybe. Um, I was in an abusive relationship. I hated myself. I was yo-yo dieting. I was like stick thin, but it's because I wasn't eating and I was living off drugs. Um, Just like I got a girlfriend randomly who was also like just in the scene of drug dealing. And it was just like, just this really wild experience that I was having there. And I saw this picture pop up of me like on the way to a nightclub. And it was like seven years ago today. And I just thought to myself, wow, like, your whole life can really 180 like 360 (laughs) like I actually say I do like 360 healing but I think like it is it like it 180 and then like it 180 again it's like (laughs) gone over a few times and I think like the message here is really like whatever your circumstances are right now like they can absolutely change and they will change if you're putting in like the one courageous action and step at a time. Um, but there's also a, le- a lesson and a message here of like, really, how can we, and that, that's it. It's not like be grateful. It's like, how can we all choose to be grateful and feel like what we have is enough and like pr- as a practice, right? And yeah. this. For sure. And it's so interesting, right? How our phones do that to us where our Snapchat or our Google photos or whatever will like show it or Facebook will show us these old moments and they can be triggering for sure. Like when you see that old version of yourself, it can remit a lot of like old feelings, old memories, but I'm really proud of you for how far you've come. And I'm sure you feel very proud of yourself too. So in a way, even though it can be triggering, it's also powerful to see the like effect that time and healing and intention can have on your journey absolutely and also like you know just because you're doing these kind of mundane everyday things like remember you can blink sometimes and be like my life is entirely different and actually like it doesn't take giant miraculous changes and things all the time it can actually just be like the day-to-day things I completely changed my life and I wasn't perfect while I did it and I didn't need to be, and you don't need to be perfect to change your life either, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be, and it doesn't need to be perfect. There's so much room for humanness, and there's no shame in being human and the human things that you do day to day. It's really just like, what courageous step can I take today? You know, is there one? Is it getting out of bed and getting in the shower today, even though if you're in a really bad space with your mental health? Or, you know, it looks different every, every day for every person. Is this, you're just getting out of bed and getting in the shower day, or is this, you're like checking off a do list of 40 things, reaching out, doing huge things, doing a huge talk somewhere or getting an upgrade in your career, like, you know, any of those things. And I think it's really important to just do your best every day, whatever that looks like, you know, even with your nutrition, 
with your mental health, like with the way that you're loving yourself. And it looks different every day. And that's okay, you know? Yeah, exactly. And we're all in different points in our journey as well. So that's why I think, and I always say this too, is that comparing your journey to someone else or where you're at with someone else, it's like we're all in different timelines. So honoring where you are and honoring this day and this moment is really powerful too. And something that I really want to talk to you about too, and just like hear your perspective on is, I remember I saw, I think it was like a reel and a story that you did. And it was about like five myths we have about weight loss for women. I think there's a lot of people who will consume information that's untrue, or is not just like fitting for the female body itself. So I would love to hear your take on that. And I know you also went through like a weight loss journey throughout your healing experience. So I would love to hear more about that and how you intertwined it with your female body and our hormones and how all of that is different than when it comes to men's weight loss. Yeah, beautiful. I would love to share. Um, so the first thing I want to share is that weight loss doesn't have to be from a calorie deficit. It doesn't have to be miserable. You don't need to be on some restrictive fad diet in order to lose weight. Um, and there are many like facets to this, right? So you'll see calorie deficit, like, like why call them calorie, calorie deficit warriors, you know, being like, it's just calories in, calories out. And I'm like, bro, like read a science book. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> and I think, you know, you know, this is perfect, actually, what we spoke about at the start, because, you know, you're like, well, I know this piece of information. And I know that piece of information. And I'm like, oh, but do you understand the roadmap and how it all links together? People that are talking about calorie deficits, they just, they know that road and that little part of the town. They don't understand the whole thing, right? And that's okay. That's where they're at in their journey. And trust me, at one point, I was a calorie deficit warrior. So I laugh about it and say it like with a light heart. Um, but, you know, after my studying, I realized that, first of all, a lot of like things like calorie deficit, intermittent fasting, a lot of these studies are done on men. First of all, women are Both not of them. Yeah. Like women are not men. Okay. So if you're a woman and you're listening to this, like, you know, permission to not just be doing on a calorie deficit and have the same response as a man so a lot of what I teach is very like ancestral sacred ways of being and healing so I teach a lot of ancestral healing and things like that and like sacred healing um, and I think this is where we can like move away from a lot of supplements and things and I use supplements nothing wrong with them I think they're really great but I think it's not the only answer and it should be just like part of something that we do so ancestral healing is really looking at the way our ancestors lived okay and for example, like, and if you don't, you don't have to know everything, right? But for example, if you come from Asia, you would have eaten a lot less potatoes, a lot more rice, right? If you were in English like myself, would have had more potatoes, root vegetables, things like that, um, you know, salad greens and things in the summer and lots of meats and things. You know, I was vegan for a long time. And mm. I, yeah, like it's I- whole for me. This is clipping <laughs> light bulb for me. Cause I'm Brazilian. Yeah. And I don't eat red meat anymore or chicken or a lot of foods that are Brazilian. So really that's really interesting. Yeah, right. And I think a lot of us are like, okay, well, we'll just go vegan, you know, like save the planet, save the animals. But I'm like, <laughs> like cows, I think picture like five cows in a field, right? In the natural environment. That is the environment. Like when they say, when they, people say like, oh no, the gas from the cows, it's like, you know, the methane and like it's ruining the earth. I'm like, this is ruining the environment. I'm like, that's the environment. Like, that's where it's supposed to be. We're supposed to have cows. We're supposed to have all these cars and stuff. Anyway, I get sidetracked. But um, what I'm trying to say is a lot of us are following these diets. You know, like I, I see like, for example, um, in clinic, I had a, a client who moved from India to America, was eating Indian diet his whole life, and then moved to America, was on a standard Western diet, got really chronically ill, then got a disease, right? Struggling to get through the day body is not responding well and it's like we could just put one of the supplements or we could be like okay like you're literally eating a completely different diet from the way that your ancestors have which means that your body is designed to eat a certain thing right and yes we can evolve and change over time but that happens over time a lot of people go from eating one way to like vegan overnight or something and it's just like your body wasn't ready for that and it wasn't designed for that everyone is so all or nothing and we will we'll talk about weightless so we'll get there but everyone's very all or nothing these days right like we want ourselves in boxes I'm this or I'm that and again it's like what we talked about at the start you get to be all of the things right 
you don't have to be vegan to eat a, a very high plant-based diet right but like the last uh week i've been eating a lot more animal products my body was craving it this morning i didn't feel like eating animal products and so i just had something really light right i had some fruit and which i wouldn't like advise as a breakfast by the way because it wasn't it's not very blood sugar balancing but mm-hmm. i was just really craving that this morning and i really listened to my body um and i think that's really important when it comes you know to everything in health is like really listening to your body's wisdom I was vegan for a couple of years and my body was craving me all the time. I was literally like, shut up, I'm vegan, like to my own body. Like, how can I talk to you about self-love and then literally shame my body for having a craving of something that was so natural and normal to me and all of my ancestors, right? Um, there's so much shame. And I, I didn't even post that I was eating meat again on my stories. I'm a nutritionist. I felt too ashamed to post that I was eating meat. I used to put a bowl on and I would just upload, like, you know, when you do that, I would like cut the piece of the meat out of the, it was like half the bowl on my stories. Wow. Special part. Because I felt so much shame around it. And I think, you know, like we are all different and we all need to have different diets. And I think shaming people for what they're eating is like the worst thing ever, right? Like just let people do what they need to do for themselves and trust that that's the best thing for them. But yeah, 100% ancestral ways of being is like everything, you know, it's really important, especially in this green juice, kale, vegan society that we're in. Because it's also our genetics, our ancestors are part of our genetics. Mm -hmm. So it's also part of our physical body and our natural, like metabolism as well. Yeah, exactly that. Um, So yeah, metabolism, weight loss. So to kind of go into that, you know, when you are losing weight as a woman and, and really as anyone as well, men also have hormonal imbalances and things, you know, when you're losing weight, it's not just about a calorie deficit. We have to look at your gut health, your hormonal balances, you know, your immune system, your nervous system. If your nervous system is cr- chronically in fight or flight and you're always stressed, your body won't lose weight as a woman, right? And of course, like if you starve yourself, you will lose weight. Your body will eat itself. Like you, you will need to find the energy from somewhere. So I think people are like, well, it works, but it's like, okay, well, yeah, the calorie deficit will help you lose weight, but you'll potentially screw up your gut health, dysregulate your nervous system, like completely ruin your relationship with yourself and food in the process and completely nutrient deprive yourself. Right. So you'll just be exhausted and sick and tired mentally and physically and again of course some people don't experience that but the majority will and if they don't now there's a chance they will in the future you know like the body is very smart very clever and if it's holding if it's holding it down right now even though you're like beating it up every day good for your body like strong constitution right but something at some point will break oh yeah exactly and it's interesting because for me like fat, I think it was four or five years ago was when I went through my period of just intense restriction. It's, I think I was essentially doing caloric deficit, but like not using those words. I was just restricting carbs and just being, just living with a lot of food rules and doing a lot of cardio. So I was for sure on fight or flight 24 seven, and I was dropping a lot of weight and it's only now like, I'm going to these healers and these doctors and doing all these tests. And they're like, yeah, there's something up with your gut. There's something up with your hormones. So as you were saying, like the body is clever and it's important to be mindful of these things. Yeah. You know, the body does keep score of these things. And just because like you'll lose the weight for that, you know, that holiday coming up, like if you screw your gut health up in the process and Hey, you know, there's no shame in wanting to lose weight. Like there is no, like at the Arabella Station HQ, it's very much like, there is no shame here in any of your desires. All of your desires are allowed to be here. If I see someone only talking about weight, losing weight, I might be like, okay, let's talk about self-love. Do you love yourself as you are? And we can do that, right? If that person was underweight, I think they needed to gain weight. I would offer that opinion and I would support them in different ways. But hey, if you feel like you're bigger than you want to be, it's okay, right? There's no shame here. And the great thing is about nourished so the other so what's the answer right so if we're not doing calorie deficit what is then the answer what is it that we're doing so when we actually nourish our bodies and we balance our hormones we work on our gut health we do all the healthy things and we actually um just nourish ourselves and look after ourselves work out you know like a few times a week four or five you know a few times a week and a few nice walks and things like that um 
you will lose weight your body will your body will go to its normal way of being it just won't perhaps be like that seven day detox where you drop or it's just water weight anyway right Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it's just really important and of course like there are so many ways we can do this and that's a bit more of a nuanced conversation but I think the message I really would love to come through with this is that you doesn't have to be that way right? There are, yeah. there are other ways you can be. If you actually go on my Instagram, there's a, um, a highlight called weight loss. Anyone listening to this? And you can just, you can see me go through, talk through the five points that Caroline is talking about um, on like, you know, hormonal issues, gut health, yada, yada. Yes, exactly. That I thought those five things were super helpful. And we always say like hormone health, gut health, And it's kind of these like blanket terms that we use. And there's a lot that goes into each of those things. But I would love for you to just give an overview of like, what does healing your gut mean to you? Or what does hormonal health mean to you? So a hormone by definition is a chemical messenger in the blood. So we think about hormones and we think about just our sex hormones, you know, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. But they're actually, um, there's a lot more than that. So we have our thyroid hormones, which control our metabolism. We have um, insulin, right? We have, which is a blood sugar balancing hormone. So it's just a chemical messenger in the blood. So it's literally like the body's like, hey, like, bro, can you just go and think of them as like little Pac-Man? He's like, hey, can you just go over there and just send this little message? Like just, or maybe like a little bird with a little letter in his mouth, right? Um, and so an interesting fact, people think, for example, cholesterol is bad, right? Or like fat is bad. First of all, every single cell in our body is made up of a phospholipid bilayer, which means that it is surrounded by fat. So we need fat literally to make our cellular structures. So anyone on a low fat regime right now, hell to the no, we need fat. Um, I'm so sorry that the industry did that to us. It's like so ridiculous, like all these low fat spreads and low fat options, not the one, like the full fat is incredible. Number two, people say cholesterol is bad, right? Every single sex hormone in your body is made up of cholesterol. We need cholesterol to make our hormones. So, okay, we have a woman, she's on a calorie deficit diet. She's like really restricting herself, not eating fat, not eating carbs, all these things. How is she supposed to make hormones? Okay. Now, another one is that if we're in fight or flight, so just have a little Google if you don't know what that is right now. Um, it's just like the nervous system basically can go into fight or flight and rest and digest. So fight or flight is when we're in that um, stress response. It's really when like we, our body thinks, going back to caveman days, you know, there's a tiger or a lion at our doorstep. We need to either fight it or flight, run away from it. And so our body, like humans are the, um, the only people that are like this. Like no mammals are like this. Humans can literally think about a stressful situation and put themselves in that physical response like your thoughts and literally your thoughts can impact your nervous system so just by thinking about a stressful thing you can put yourself in that fight or flight response okay now this can feel like oh god this is really bad but it's actually really incredible because also there's the flip side right just by thinking nice calming relaxing thoughts like affirmations we can literally switch our fight and fight response off which is really great now why is it not good for us to be in fight or flight to balance our hormones so think about it if we if our body is in a state where we need to like run away from a tiger or fight for our lives what happens when we go into fight or flight our digestive system shuts down partially we don't need to digest food right now which want to run away and survive our immune system shuts down partially we don't need to, we just need to run away and survive. We don't need to deal with that cold right now. And then lastly, our reproductive system. Okay. So we're going to reduce babies right now. It's not safe to do so. And so if we're in fight or flight, we can get digestive issues because digestion is not great. We can get sick often. So our immune system is not great. And we can also have fertility issues and hormonal imbalances. Right. And so this is why, you know, when someone says like, you go to a doctor and they're like, reduce your stress to get your periods back. And you're like, oh, I'm talking about my periods. What has stress got to do with this? <laughs> and then also what- like, how do I reduce stress in the first place? <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, you know, being literally in a stress response. So if you're in a calorie deficit as a woman and we're not getting enough nourishment, we can't make the hormones. And also our body goes into a state of chronic stress. And so all of these issues happen, digestive issues, we're getting sick, we're feeling run down, our hormones are off. And also our libido goes, low libido. 
we're not trying to reproduce right now. We don't need to be feeling sexy. And like libido is important, not just for literal physical sexual intimacy, but as a woman, you know, and, and again, as anyone, but especially like as a woman speaking for myself, when you're oozing sex drive and libido, like that's a sign of life force energy, right? Oh yeah. You're feeling good. Like you're getting your morning coffee or whatever you're doing. That was not a tip, by the way. <laughs> this is an example. <laughs> you're getting your morning drink, whatever you're doing. And like, you're just oozing sex appeal. You're walking down the street, you're smiling at people, you're feeling good. You don't have that when your body's in a state of chronic stress. True. Yeah. Wow. That's so awesome. And thank you for running through that. One thing that is related to this that I want to just quickly dive into before we do some rapid fire questions to finish off is feminine energy, because you mentioned that and the title of this podcast is Luna, because like the moon, we go through phases and Mm -hmm. the moon comes out at night. The sun is out in the day. We have our masculine and our feminine energy. So I talk a lot about feminine energy and the interesting thing is that every single time I go to any doctor, especially in the Eastern medicine side, like my acupuncturists, my healers, like my Reiki masters, like everyone always tells me I have too much masculine energy and I need to work on my feminine. So it's been a huge part of my healing, even in therapy, just like working through that. So I would love to hear about tips you may have for anyone who's listening and even for myself on how you tap into your feminine energy because the feminine is super tied to what you were just saying about resting and reducing stress and allowing our body to get into that rest and digest also so could you just dive into that briefly yeah absolutely I love that um yeah you know so first of all feminine and masculine energy for those that don't know we have it within all of us right we have different balances no matter what gender you are we all have that and we're either in more in our masculine or more in our feminine our masculine is like to do lists, get anything done assertive um and the feminine is more kind of like flowy intuitive and so I think a really great thing to do um would be I can share a resource for you for um like a a kind of picture diagram that says a list of feminine qualities and a list of masculine on the other side I think that would be really helpful because my tip for how you would tap into the feminine is go look at the words right so okay so the feminine is intuitive okay so how do we feel intuitive maybe we journal what we need to do to be tapped into our intuition it's connection right if we're not really in a state of connection to our body we don't get to tap into that intuition so how do we get into connection well maybe go into nature journal right have do a breath work have a nice hot bath really just it's about slowing down the feminine yeah now at the bottom of the resource i'll share it will have the wounded feminine and the wounded masculine and then what that looks like and the wounded feminine and masculine is if you could picture like a really typical toxic relationship masculine controlling manipulative aggressive feminine is like victimhood um like she's like the the woman in the corner like crying in a ball that's like the wounded feminine but like the true feminine is intuitive flowy has this beautiful essence to us and the true feminine it's still crying right it's but it's like it's the the woman who is like on the mountaintop and she's like shoulders back really proud wind in her hair and she's got tears running down her face but she's just like at peace and calm around it so right? she's crying but she's completely accepting and doing it to release instead of to wallow in victimhood exactly that you perfectly tie that together and so you know it's really just looking at like what qualities you're relating to and being like okay if I'm really relating to a lot of these masculine qualities how can I drop into the feminine and really just think about it like how would the feminine want to be nourished right now what, what would she desire okay yeah. does she want to finish this to-do list or does she want to go roll around in bed and wear silk and have a bath like oil up her body and just relax you know and it's really just about asking yourself okay what does it mean to be feminine and then how do I tap like how do I tap into those parts of myself yeah and I love how you made that practical also because it's really like such a synchronicity that you said that because I think it was yesterday or two days ago I was like I need to find this list because I have this list too. I don't know if you did the Institute of Integrative Nutrition program. Um, what you're saying, like all your like beliefs are very aligned with the program that I did for my health coaching certification. And 
they provide this list of like masculine things and feminine things like fat qualities and activities and stuff like that and for some reason I've been feeling called to pulling that list back up and taking a look at it so I like that idea of just seeing those words and thinking about how that can actually be implemented and channeled into this moment so love that so much and one thing that my acupuncturist actually said to me yesterday was for every action there's an inaction or like for every yin there's a yang so Mm -hmm. I realized and I'm sure a lot of people listening will relate to this for many times in my life and even recently it's like I let's say I go out and I go out with friends and I'm like out a little bit later and I come home and I'm like really tired what my body wants to balance it out is going into a rest, sleeping a little more, taking it easier the next day. But then sometimes I wake up and I'm like up, going for a workout, getting a coffee, like, and that's more masculine. And then more masculine and more masculine energy, the body's going to want even more and more feminine to balance that out. So I think, I think a lot of what I'm hearing though is like, there's this like, um, the doing, right? Yeah. I'm not- enough and so I need to do more and again what we're talking about right it's like well I should be the person who wakes up and does this and get this done yada yada and it's like again we're just doing these things that we feel like we should do because we're this kind of person and we need to get to these goals and you know goals are important absolutely I think it's so important to have purpose but if you're constantly working on achieving the goals achieving the goals it's always doing 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 right oh yeah that's the masculine the feminine is the being Exactly. It's the sitting back and the surrender and the flow. And I also always say that masculine energy is also like linear progression and feminine energy is more like circular spiral. Like you're going inward. You're not necessarily going from point A to point B with like a set goal. Yeah. So beautiful. I love that. I think it's important to understand more about feminine and masculine energy, you know, to just understand like when you're out of balance again, because Honestly, out all the studying I've done, it's everything comes back to balance. And, you know, in Chinese medicine, again, like I studied Chinese medicine, it's a huge part of my practice. And we have the yin and yang symbol. And it's a perfect example, everything in perfect harmony. And so that's Libra, that's Libra also, like Libra <laughs> energy to a T. <laughs> balance. No, I'm such a Libra. Like I can literally argue both sides of every point ever. I can be like, I see that side. And I see this side as well. Yeah, like I get that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's really important to come into balance. And the how does that apply to your life as a listener? Okay, well, where are you out of balance? Like, what are you doing so much of? To reach perfect health in Chinese medicine, it's about coming back into balance. So it's really just about trusting yourself to know that if you feel like I'm doing too much of this or too little of this, I can balance myself out, right? If yeah. I'm over-exercising, I can take it back. If I'm just sat on my ass all the time and not doing any movement, I can like bring it up, right? And yeah. I believe every single person really knows when they're out of balance with something like any health tip you want do the thing that like you've been like the thing you've been doing too much of the thing you've been doing too little of switch that up <laughs> yeah and it's a self-awareness thing too because we do know you just have to like allow yourself to accept it like we've talked about a few times in this episode in clinic and they're like okay so I have this symptom and I say okay is there anything that makes it better and they tell me this makes it better anything makes it worse and they tell this makes it worse (laughs) and I see that the things that are making it worse like they're on their food plan they're doing it every day so it's like yeah are you doing the things that make it worse (laughs) and again this is why we talk about all the things at the Arabella solution because it's really just like it isn't that simple like it is and it isn't you know and sometimes we just need support you know and even if you do know the things sometimes you just need someone to tell you and remind you and just hold space for you while you go through it and I think that's really um the really be like the beauty of community you know yes exactly love it so we're gonna jump into some rapid fire questions I do the same questions with every guest so I feel like the people listening are starting to get like excited for these questions too to see like what everyone says so I have no idea what they're gonna be so I'm, I'm excited <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is it's like a fun one is coffee or matcha definitely matcha I cannot drink coffee I'll be spiraling <laughs> what do you put in your matcha 
I put in my matcha always some collagen um, for the protein. And then also I have what's called a yolky drink. So I mix um, a whisk and egg, uh, egg yolk in the mornings mm. with honey. And then I put in, uh, I might put in some matcha, but usually I put in some ginger powder or something. And then I throw up my milk and I put that in. So you have the fats from the egg yolk. Egg yolks are so good for us, especially our fertility. Like, like so good for us. Um, and I'll put that in. And then also the collagen. So we have the protein, fat, and then we also have um, a little bit of protein in the milk as well. I used to only drink like oatly oat milk and I was very rudely awoken to the bad stuff that's in it. And now I drink organic milk from a local farm, um, which again, when we look at our ancestors, that's what they did. And my body is like super excited about that. Is that what you've been drinking during this call? No, I haven't. This was actually um, orange juice and sparkling water. I had a couple of alcoholic drinks last night. And whenever I have, I don't really drink often, but occasionally when I do, I make sure to really like supplement my body, give it herbs. And like when I wake up, I just really crave like a fizzy, fresh orange juice. It just feels so good. Nice. That's so yummy. Okay. The next question is, do you have a quote or a mantra that you live by? Mm, I love that. Yeah, I would say maybe the serenity prayer would probably be one of my favorites. And I'm going to have to actually Google to get the words right because I don't want to screw it up because it's such a beautiful prayer. Um, serenity prayer. Okay, so I'm again, I wasn't religious at all, but this just really hit me even when I wasn't. And I just think it's a beautiful way to live my life. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Yes, I've heard that quote before. I love it. Well, I actually have courage tattooed on me here. Um, yeah, I was gonna get the whole thing, but I didn't. Yes, and I love how that's like also tied to Leo rising because like Leo is so related to like being brave and being courageous and just being- And it's, again, it's just like, it comes back to everything we've been speaking about, right? Like the acceptance of the things we can't change, the courage to change the things that we can. And the wisdom to know the difference between the two, right? And whatever you do in life, like if you do that, like it's enough. Exactly. And do you have any books that you love and that you would recommend to anyone listening? Yes. Oh my God. I love this question. <laughs> I absolutely do. And by my excitement, like please buy these books. They're really great. I'm not affiliated. Um, so one of my favorite books ever is, where is she? It's called The Courage to Be Disliked. I have an Enzo tattooed on me here. And um, an Enzo is a Buddhist symbol that represents like a journey within yourself. And I got my courage tattoo because of this book as well. So I have two tattoos that mm -hmm. are um, like the meaning in this book, um, the courage to be disliked, how to free yourself, change your life and achieve real happiness. It is all on um, Aldarian psychology. And it's basically um, a psychologist had this theory and you know how like Freudian theory is very much about like, okay, so you had this trauma and therefore um, therefore you're screwed up and this is just who you are now. <laughs> There's not much you can do about it. Whereas this book really talks about, um, okay, these things happen to us, but this is what we can do about it. It's like really empowering because it's like, okay, Okay, yes, we have this stuff going on, but there is also a way that we can deal with it. Like even down to our physical symptoms, talk a lot about the mind stuff and the way it's written is um, there's the youth and then there's the philosopher and it's like a chat, Ooh, right? I have so to read it. Youth says this and then say, so it's really great because the philosopher says something cool and then how your mind is like, but how does that work? Why does that happen? But it's being asked and then they answer it. And it, it's just the most amazing read I've ever read. And I've read a lot of books. Um, and the second one would be The Untethered Soul. I love The Untethered Soul. Such a classic. Such a classic. Again, we're talking about spirituality, really looking at like why we are the way we are, how we can find peace in our everyday life. Like, I think that's a really beautiful one. Love it. And the last question is, if someone did not listen to anything in this episode, except <laughs> this very moment, what would you want to leave them with? Oh, that's beautiful. Um, it's a great question. I feel like I want to answer this well. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be who you are in this moment right now. Whatever that looks like. Yes. Acceptance. 
Yes. Thank you so much, Arabella. It was so nice getting to know you and hearing about your philosophy on health and well-being and acceptance and healing and all of that. So can you share with the people listening where they can find you if they want to work with you, where they can find that? Just plug yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is at the Arabella Solution. Um, and you know, my website is just thearabellasolution.com. My Instagram is like my main hub for everything. Um, I do one-to-one work, like 12-week programs. I also do group programs. I have one called the Hormone Solution, which is my signature which is super beautiful. It's like everything about being a woman pretty much. Um, and then I also offer one-to-one intensives. So that's for people who just kind of want to dip their feet in, like just answer one question, not commit to anything crazy and just kind of dip into my world. Um, so that's a really beautiful option as well, but it's all my website. And if you want to shoot me a DM, I always say on podcasts, like if anything resonated with you, like I would love to hear it. I love receiving DMs. I love connecting with my community. Like it's so beautiful to just hear that something has affected someone or impacted them in a beautiful way. Um, and it means the world to me. So yeah, if you're open to that, I'd be so down. Yes, I totally always say the same thing that it's truly, really amazing to get to hear from the people who are tuning into the podcast, because that's the community aspect. That's when you form relationships and you understand the impact that you're having on other people and on the audience that you are serving. So super amazing. Definitely everyone, if this resonated with you, reach out to Arabella, reach out to me, share this on your story and tag both of us. And if you also enjoyed the podcast, would always appreciate a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. So with that said, thank you everyone for tuning in. So happy you're all here today. And thank you to you, Arabella. Thank you, love. Bye, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.